This is the Point of Drew Podcast. All right, what is good? Druthers, we are back. Uh, week four is in the books. Uh, great NFL weekend. We're going to be breaking it down for you guys today. Um, and, and really for the main event, something we know has been anticipated by the Druthers and, and we, we wanted to, to finally make happen. Um, a big trivia matchup. Trivia round three uh, featuring two um, pretty hilarious guests that will be introduced later on in the show. But w- what's going on, Z? Uh, I'm excited to get to this trivia matchup, man. It is the heavyweights of the heavyweights. This is Pacquiao Mayweather. This is maybe the uh, the biggest event we've ever had on the podcast. But, you know, we got to start before that. We're going to break down all of week three in the NFL. Some crazy uh, stuff went down this weekend, man. We've got a lot to get into. I know our, our Chiefs take another loss. Um, unfortunately, we'll get we'll have to get into that. But um, before we get into both of those things, we're gonna start it off as always. Jersey Corner, we've arrived, number forty-two. Z, you care to take us away here? Yeah, I'll take it away. I'm gonna be pretty quick with this. I've got two names total. One of them's a winner. One of them's an honorable mention. I'll start with the honorable mention here. Enter Sandman. We should get the uh, producers to start playing the theme song, Mariano Rivera, the best to ever wear, number 42. He's second on that list. Um, He deserves the honorable mention here. Uh, The best closer in baseball history, Yankee great. I believe he's the first ever unanimous Hall of Fame selection in MLB history, which is unreal. Um, I mean, the MLB's got to be the oldest sports league that's still around. And after 150 years of the league, he's the first one to become a unanimous selection to the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, incredible career with the Yankees, multiple championships and rings. Um, yeah, definitely the, the best pitcher, best closer of all time. So Mariana Rivera, number 42, honorable mention for me. Who you got? Could not shout him out. He, uh, Mariano Revere is an honorable mention of mine as well. Um, kind of, you covered it all there. Widely regarded as, as the best closer ever. Um, was looking at his Wikipedia, has like 12 MLB records. You can't say that um, about many players. So a, a legend in every sense of the word. Um, great, great shout at 42 there. Uh, another guy I had, I had to give a shout out to, um, Darren Sharper. Sure, was great for the Saints. Hard-hitting safety. The but hardest-hitting safety in the league. Exactly, exactly. He's quite famous for that. Probably the most famous Madden player ever. Um, so Darren Sharper, he gets a shout. Um, and then two NBA guys. Um, Going to go with Jerry Stackhouse. Um, from Even from his days at North Carolina all the way through all the different stops he made in the league. The guy had an abundance of swag the whole time. Um, so that's why he makes the list. He was swagging in, in that 42 thread. And uh, the guy who, another NBA guy who makes the list for the opposite reason, uh, Kevin Love. He wore 42 at UCLA in, in college and uh, through all his stops uh, in the NBA has worn 42. He makes the list because of his lack of swag. Uh, decent player, but the guys really just never had it. Um, that's my uh, that's my honorable mention to 42. Wow, I'm surprised at the Kevin Love, man. That's uh, man, I think Kevin Love's got the swag, he's got the style. No, dude, if anything, if anything, he had the swag at UCLA when he was a little fluffier. Um, he had kind of the, the big boy, oh, I don't, I don't care, I'm just gonna get buckets, even though I have a little overweight. Once he started getting skinny, he added the beard in the league. No, it all went downhill for Kayla. I think he changed numbers. I think he's zero now. So yeah, he started getting in shape once he switched Jersey numbers. So maybe you're right about the 42. He was rapping. Because of the slimming effect. Yeah. Could, could have been, man, some good honorable mentions there. Stackhouse, definitely a legend. I think he's the head coach at, uh, it might be at Vanderbilt now. Yeah, Vandy. Vandy, yeah, nice. I like those. Those are some good names right there. I love the Darren Sharper call. Uh, Greg Jennings got the best of them, though, and we'll never forget that. 
That's why he didn't make my list. He could not take down Greg Jennings with a broken leg, put the team on his back. But good list right there. I'll go for my winner. And this one was easy for me. There's a reason why Major League Baseball does not even allow players to wear number 42 nowadays. Jackie Robinson, man, definitely the best to ever wear number 42. Um, You could easily make the argument. In fact, I would make the argument that there's never been a player in sports history who was set up for failure and, and more so than Jackie Robinson. Everything was skewed against him. The fans, the umpires, the game itself, the players, everything was skewed against him. And he's still one of the greatest of all time. One of the biggest names of all time, broke so many barriers, did so much for not just baseball, not just sports, but for like our country, for the world. Crazy what he was able to accomplish. Um, So no brainer for me, man. It's Jackie, hands down, best athlete, most important athlete um, to ever wear that number 42. 42, man, it's going to be it's going to be unanimous uh, for for us. Um, no other direction to go here. No conversation really here. Uh, the best ever athlete to put on that 42. They're not even allowed in his sport to, to wear the jersey. Um, that's how special player it was. It's, it's Jackie Robinson, man. Um, he gets it. Uh, when you think 42, you think Jackie. Um, you really covered it all, but he, he's the winner of 42, no question. Yeah, man, a unanimous pull there and an easy unanimous pull. Um, that's a good way to kick off this episode. There's not going to be much agreement the rest of the way through this, especially once we get into this trivia duel. But we're going to take a short break. We got a word from our friends over at Shug's Bagels, and we're going to dive into NFL Week 3. We will be right back. All right, G, let's play a little game of fact or fiction. Let's do it. Fact or fiction. Shugs has the best bagels, rolls, and wraps south of the Big Apple. Ah, facts. That is correct. One for one. Off to a hot start. Fact or fiction. Shugs recently replaced Wheaties as the true breakfast of champions. That <laughs> uh, sounds right to me. Fact. Correct again. He's heating up. Fact or fiction. Shugs has the best bagels in all of Texas. Oh, you already know that's big facts. Yes, that is right again, three for three. Shugs Bagels is in fact all of those things and more. And they'll be open all week serving up that ooey gooey goodness. Go check them out in Park City's Village near SMU campus and on social media at Shugs Bagels. Shugs Bagels, the bagel that Texas deserves. Barton NFL week three is in the books crazy one we had some upsets we had a a lot happen we had Aaron Rodgers winning the late game thriller doing his usual thing Uh, just a lot happening in week three but I know where we both wanted to start was just talking about these rookie quarterbacks it has not looked too hot for a lot of these guys so far um, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Let you take it away with, with that point being made. Tell me about these rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, Z, no, no better way to start than with the youngsters. And uh, boy, did they have a rough go at week three. Um, they're all still getting their, uh, their sea legs. They're still trying to figure it out. And uh, week three was not kind uh, to any of the four that started. Um, we'll start with Justin Fields, who really had an all-time uh, one for the record books. Um, he went six for 20. He was playing the Browns. So tough matchup really in your first start, they got a great pass rush with, uh, both Jadavian Clowney and and, and Miles Garrett. So, um, you know, he was never really given a chance to succeed here, but, um, boy, did he perform badly six of 20 for 68 yards. When you see that stat line, uh, you kind of have a double take. Is that even real? Um, but that's not where it ends. He, He took nine sacks against that Cleveland pass rush. Um, for a loss of 67 yards. So if you look at all his dropbacks, 68 yards passing, 67 yards of sacks, um, that's net one passing yard for, for Justin Fields. And, and just to put that in uh, you know, kind of a frame of reference, Kendall Hinton, 
Yes, Kendall Hinton, the, the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, who started when all their guys went out with COVID last season. Um, he had more net passing yards when he went one for nine uh, for 13 yards against the Saints last season. He was sacked um, for a one-yard loss, but he ended up with 12 net passing yards. Fields had one. Um, I'm not trying to argue that Fields is a worse quarterback than Kendall Hinton. I'm just uh, I'm just spewing out the facts here. So um, <laughs> tough, tough performance for Justin in week one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that was a rough one for him. It did not look too hot. Um, and slowly and slowly, I am hopping on board with you on the uh, Nagy first coach fired train. Um, it is clear that that offense is a rack, and Justin Fields is definitely uh, partially to blame. I don't know who they go to now. It seems like they've got three quarterbacks who are all uh, below average at this point who could be their new starter. But Justin Fields not looking too good. Um, another quarterback I still am yet to be impressed by in the NFL so far in the, the three games he's played, Trevor Lawrence, five touchdowns, seven interceptions, seven interceptions through three games, started off with three in the first week and then two in each of the last two weeks, um, has not looked too hot for him. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. I don't know for sure how many losses he had in his tenure at, uh, Clemson but I can't imagine uh I imagine he'll probably reach that number by at least week six or seven of the NFL schedule this year um the the team is horrible Jacksonville sucks and uh Trevor Lawrence has not impressed me yet so he's another one that's struggling yeah I uh I believe he actually has surpassed that number already I don't think he lost any games in high school and I think he lost uh, a total of two, maybe three games. Yeah. Um, I think it was two, really, at Clemson. So I think he has surpassed that. Jags go 0-3. Interesting game against Arizona. I will say with Lawrence more than the others, um, yeah, he's been bad. He's thrown a lot of picks, but he's also had some good moments. Um, you know, there is, a, I think, a little bit of a silver lining. He plays for a bad team with a, a first-year head coach. So um, you got to uh, understand the situation he's in. Um, and that game, hey, that game against Arizona, they were in it for a second. Uh, Cliff kicks the long field goal, um, and the Jags have a kick six, which you always love to see. Jamal Agnew runs it all the way back 109 yards, yeah, um, which is was a fun one. But then Lawrence throws a pick six, really into the game, um, and so we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. He's definitely a, a work in progress so far, but. But a guy that I think's played significantly worse than him, another rookie, uh, Wilson, Zach Wilson, who also had two picks in uh, their loss to the Broncos in the afternoon slate. Yeah, Zach Wilson, I mean, <laughs> it's a mess. His week three was a little bit better than his week two, but, geez, he still just does not have it all put together. The Jets are struggling, and he clearly is uh, not performing right now. So it's tough. These quarterbacks are all struggling, but – Question for you is, is Mac Jones, has he been the most impressive of this crew so far? Well, I think he's the only one with a win so far. So <laughs> you got to give him uh, some credit. He did get that win in week two. Um, but, hey, uh, that Saints game was probably his worst one yet uh, in week three, throwing three interceptions. Uh, he ended up with a decent stat line because they got so they got down so badly that – there was plenty of garbage time for him to throw the ball around. Mac Jones, I mean, it's it's all within a, a system. Um, you know, I, I think the playmakers he has are uh, pretty below average um, for the most part. And so, obviously, doesn't help him. But, uh, yeah, gun to my head, I think he's probably been the most impressive rookie so far. Well, talking about most impressive quarterbacks, let's switch the conversation now to uh, two of the best quarterbacks and then the entire league who went head-to-head -head this weekend. That is Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. The Chiefs take a tough loss. Um, they couldn't get it done late. The Chargers showed, showed some balls, man. Herbert went out there, played well. Um, so, so this matchup, Mahomes versus Herbert, is this a lock to become one of the best QB rivalries in the league? It's looking like it right now. Um, what a duel. Herbert looks better every week after a, a super impressive rookie campaign. Um, and that's a huge win. Going into Arrowhead, that's, the I believe, the first time he's won in Arrowhead uh, against Mahomes. And so 
definitely an impressive win for the youngster. Herbert looks legit. We know Mahomes is legit. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the favorite, at least, to be the league's best QB rivalry going forward. I do have – I do think there's some other ones that, to keep in mind. Um, you know, Stafford now being in the NFC West, uh, him and Russell Wilson, uh, those are two of the, I would say, top five or six quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know, Stafford probably doesn't have too, too long left. Uh, not as nearly as uh, kind of the, the timeline as uh, Mahomes and Herbert. And, and you don't know if Russ is sticking around. So I'd say uh, Mahomes and Herbert have a better chance than Russ and Stafford. The next one you look at Josh Allen versus any of those rookies in his division that step up. Um, Mac Jones, maybe Zach Wilson. We haven't seen it yet. Tua can't stay healthy. So, uh, you know, not super confident there, but we like what we've seen out of Josh Allen. The one I would say low key the best chance uh, to, to be as compelling of a rivalry. Uh, I'm going to go Dak Prescott versus Deshaun Watson. Uh, we know the Philadelphia Eagles are interested in Watson. And so if you were to go there, Dak, Deshaun, both pretty young, uh, both really good players. Um, so, hey, uh, it, 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 that requires a, a, a trade or of some sort. But um, I think that is the only uh, QB rivalry that really stands a chance against Mahomes and Herbert at this point. Yeah, I love that. I do think all of those uh, don't quite compare to Mahomes and Herbert at this point. I think uh, only other one I could think of from another division might be like a uh, if Baker's able to take a huge step forward and rival Lamar. Um, that's another one. Earl Lamar, man, all day. But uh, yeah, obviously at this point, but who knows? Um, but yeah, it's a tough loss for the Chiefs. But at the end of the day, man, I'm giving a ton of credit to the refs no i'm just kidding giving a ton of credit to the chargers uh i think it took a lot of guts to do what they did at the end of the game um you know they they went out there they put the ball in herbert's hands and said go win us this game they were in a situation where you know they could have kicked the field goal taken the easy lead but instead they decided screw it fourth and long we'll give it to herbert we'll let him go win this for us they did not want to give the Chiefs the opportunity to beat them. They went out there and took it. And uh, after seeing what they did and, and how much they trust Herbert, I was really impressed. And, uh, you know, Brandon Staley became their, their head coach this offseason and is kind of pegged as a defensive-minded guy, the guy who was coming in to just kind of get the Chargers' defense up to speed. Um, I was not expecting him to have the offensive just like – guts to to do what he's doing to understand how this offense works for the chargers and to go out there and trust him to get it done and i was really impressed by herbert and the chargers man yeah what staley did took took balls um and he's interesting man he's a he's an xqb that's a, a defensive specialist you don't see that all the time you know he can yeah. kind of do it ways um but the chargers are scary it's it's a good win yeah the rest like you alluded to the rest had a little to do with that one uh heartbreaker for the chiefs but uh charges must be legit um and speaking of heartbreakers uh one that really stung in in the early window um lions come back from down i think 16 to 7 to enter the fourth quarter come all the way back dan campbell jared goff uh the boys are absolutely buzzing uh lamar makes a big play and then justin tucker makes history with the 66 yarder uh which the longest kick ever in nfl history absolutely devastating loss for the lions is justin tucker the best player in nfl history the best player yep ever <laughs> oh my god uh, i'm gonna have to say re resoundingly no but uh kicker i think he has that argument <laughs> yeah that's fair enough talking about the uh the quite possibly the best player in nfl history the bucks in tampa the uh the goat tom brady tried to go to la this weekend pull off a win against the undefeated rams he couldn't do it, man. The Rams dominated in a clash of NFC favorites. Matt Stafford takes home the win. This Rams team is really rolling. Uh, what did you see in that one? Were you surprised at that outcome? And, and going forward, do you think this Rams team is in place to, to really set themselves up as the best team in the NFC? Yeah, Tommy Brady's first time in Hollywood and looked like he wasn't built for the bright lights. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Bucks weren't great. Um, their secondary is absolutely decimated, but they got torched by 
uh, Stafford and, and Cooper Cup, who seem to have the uh, the best connection in the league so far. Um, Stafford looks great. McVay is running around. He's running down the sidelines when they get a pick. He's beating everyone into the uh, the locker room. He's fired up, man. He, you can just tell he's uh, uh, just kind of got a new lease on life now that he's got uh, uh, someone else than Jared Goff. Um, and, and he's fired up. This Rams seems fun. We know they can do it on defense, the best defense in the league uh, last season, and their offense is completely rejuvenated with Stafford, um, really taking out a contender, really the, the what we thought, who we thought was the best team in the Bucs in the NFC. So um, Rams kind of vault themselves into, um, you know, the favorites, at least at this point. Uh, something I wanted to ask you is, do you think this one uh, is more about the Rams balling out or more about the you know Bucs having some struggles? Sure, the Bucks have struggles, yeah, but this is more about the Rams to me. I think this is a, a real prove-it game for the Rams. I think the Bucks, you know, they weren't the, the best team in the league throughout the regular season last year. Yeah, they got their wins, but they won the Super Bowl. The Rams needed to come out, prove that they are that best team in the league this year, that they really are here to compete, that they are here to win, that they've got this new offense, a new quarterback and McVay's back, ready to lead him back to the Super Bowl. And uh, they've proved that to me every single week so far this season. And uh, this one, I think, was uh, the real just icing on the cake for him that proved it. I I'm all in on the Rams. Yep, I would agree. Um, one more thing before that I want to hit on before we hit the week four predictions. Um, a little game I want to call or play called Phonies or Ponies. And, and some background on this. Uh, after I'm sure we all saw it, all the Druthers saw it, but after SMU's big win uh, in Fort Worth over TCU this past weekend, I think it's only fair that um, that team now serves as a standard for, uh, you know, whether a team's legit or not. They proved it. Uh, SMU 4-0 dominating TCU in Fort Worth. Um, so let's play it. Phonies or ponies. We'll start things off. The Washington football team defense. Phonies or ponies there? Oh, tough one. I like their D-line. I uh, am going to call them phonies, though, man. I, I just don't quite see it out of Washington. And, I mean, that their defense is clearly better than their offense, but I'm going to have to go phony on that one. Derek Carr. Tanner Mordecai's better. <laughs> phony for Derek Carr. He is having probably the best start of a season he's had in his career yet. And Derek Carr has shown some flashes. He's shown that he can be a good quarterback for sure, but he's not quite a quarterback that's going to be leading this Raiders team deep in the playoffs. I just don't quite trust him fully. He still makes a few mistakes. I'm still a little bit hesitant in the rest of their offense. Um, they have some good players. They have a good scheme. I mean, Waller's incredible. Josh Jacobs, when he's out there and healthy, is great. I still kind of believe that Henry Ruggs can turn into a real threat. But at this point, I'm just not completely sold on that offense. And it all starts with Derek Carr. I'm not all the way in. Phony. That's fair. Uh, worth noting, though, Carr leading the uh, the NFL in, in average passing yards ranges over 400. So um, pretty impressive start for him. But I agree. He's got to prove it when the, uh, the going gets tough. Final Final one here, Eagles coach Nick Sirianni. Easy. This is the pony of all ponies. Sirianni has these boys playing. Took a tough L this, this, uh, on Monday Night Football against Dallas, but uh, Sirianni's the man. He's, he, uh, he's legit. I'm all in on Sirianni right now. There's still a lot to be worked out with that Eagles team. Um, you know, Hurts is struggling a little bit. That offense isn't great, and then they let Dallas – hang 41 on them. Um, so there are issues with that team for sure. But uh, I, I do like Sirianni. I think he's going to be the one to fix this eventually for him and, and turn things around. So pony, Sirianni, pony for sure. Couldn't agree more. Uh, he's rocking the shit out of that visor. Who cares what his record is? Um, Nick Sirianni, a, a pony, no doubt. Um, that'll wrap things up uh, for week three. Let's move over. Uh, into week four, as always, we're going to um, make some bets. That's what we do. Uh, do you have the, uh, the tally? Do you know how we finished last week? Um, I believe you may have won it. Uh, so we, I think we actually split because uh, Green Bay won that game 
uh, on Sunday night, but didn't cover. Right. So I think we ended up going, we were two and two tied. That puts um, me at, at seven and five on the year and you at six and six. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you, you're still up on, on the um, total, but I have a feeling I'll blow it away in week four. I'll, I'll definitely be in the lead after uh, these week four ones wrap up. And let's start with the Thursday night game. Not necessarily a game that uh, really is going to attract a lot of attention. It's the uh, second week in a row that the, the Thursday night game has been a little lackluster. But we've got Jacksonville at Cincy. Cincy is a seven and a half point favorite. What's your read on this? I'm actually kind of pumped for this game. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not everyone. I, uh, I'm a, as we know, I'm a big Burrow fan, big Jamar Chase fan. Um, these two have an elite connection. Jamar Chase, four receiving touchdowns in his first three games. Uh, if you have him on your fantasy team, I would suggest you start him going forward. Um, but in this one, I'm going a different direction. Do not tell Kevin Manchester. Um, but Bengals being favored seven and a half even against the Jaguars at home. I just don't don't buy it enough. I think the Jaguars are due for a, a, an improved performance. Um, so I'm taking Jacksonville at uh, a plus seven and a half. Oh, I like that pick. I was not expecting that out of you. I'm going the opposite way. I think since he covers, um, there, there are two reasons and two reasons alone why I'm interested in this game. The first one would be just Burrow and Jamar Chase. They've been really fun so far. Um, both have shown some promise. Um, I'm going to start Jamar Chase in fantasy this week. But uh, the other reason to watch that game is to just hope Urban Meyer fails. Um, again, I can't stand Urban Meyer, um, and it'd be fun to see him take another loss. And I think he's going to lose this one by more than seven and a half points. I'm picking Cincy to cover. Hey, that's fair. Let's jump to the Sunday marquee. We both agreed on this one. It features two three and O teams. The Arizona Cardinals are visiting the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams open up as four and a half point favorites. Who you got? Rams, man. I said I love them. I'm sticking with it. I think this Rams team is really good. Wouldn't surprise me if they uh, win this one by at least a touchdown. I think they are the better team. I think Arizona is fun. They can put some points up. They can compete, but Rams are the better team they're going to cover. Yeah, I'm pretty sure McVay has uh, has owned Cliff Kingsbury um, in, in many of the matchups that they've had. Um, I really like the Rams in this one. Four and a half seems uh, seems even a little low for them being at home. I get it. Arizona's undefeated. They've been pretty good, but uh, the Rams look pretty unstoppable at this point. So I'm going to take the Rams as well. Uh, we'll take the points at four and a half. All right. So we're agreeing on that one. Both got the Rams. The Sunday night game is a big one. Tom Brady makes his return to New England, Tampa Bay at New England. The Bucks are a seven-point favorite there. Bucks coming off of a, a tough loss. Brady and Gronk heading back to New England. What's your read here? Last week, Brady burned us. We said on this podcast, uh, we both said it, hey, uh, every time we've gone against Brady, we failed. Um, and and he failed last week. He, he burned us. And so uh, – <laughs> I love Bill Belichick in, in New England uh, in this rivalry game. I think they, they've got a lot to play for here, uh, a little bit of a slow start for them. And, and hey, you know, they're, they're a home dog. Uh, I think that means something. I don't know if they'll win the game, but I do think they keep it close. I think they cover the seven points. Oh, I like that pick, but I'm going the other way with this. The Bucs, man, they're winning this thing by a touchdown. I think Brady's uh, really going to come out. And, and at the end of the day, the Bucs are, are just – at least a touchdown better team than this uh, current Patriots team. I like the Bucks in this one. Uh, I feel kind of a soft going for the favorites so far in all three games, but I'm picking the favorites right now. I think the Bucs are seven point uh, are, are going to cover the seven point spread in New England. I wasn't going to say anything, but that is really soft. But hey, we'll move on. Uh, Monday night, we'll cap things off Monday night football, and this is a fun one. Uh, a matchup of uh, a two. AFC West powerhouses at this point. We got the Las Vegas Raiders visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers open up as three-point favorites. Who you like in this one? Call me soft again, man, but I'm riding with the favorites. It's the Chargers. I'm taking them. 
Um, I think this Chargers team is really good. The Raiders, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I've got concerns about their team overall, that offense overall. Cars a phony. And uh, if we want to talk Justin Herbert, he's a pony, man. I think he is uh, right on the borderline of becoming one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think uh, this is just another chance for him to prove it in prime time on Monday night. He gets it done, and the uh, Chargers are covering this one. It's a good pick. Uh, I think I think Vegas really nailed this one. Um, it, it should be a close one. Uh, and I'm going to go – and for that reason alone, I, I'm going to go with – I'm actually going to pick this game to push. Um, so I'll, I'll take the loss if, if, it, uh, if it goes anything other than a push. I like the Chargers to win this by exactly three points over the Raiders. Oh, I like that pick. We'll see how that one fares out. But recap, you've got Jacksonville. I've got Cincy. We're both picking the Rams in the Sunday marquee against Arizona. You're picking New England. I'm picking the Bucks, And then you are picking a push in the Monday night game. I've got the Chargers covering. I'm looking forward to week four, man. It should be fun. And before we go, we're going to have one uh... – one final bet to place, um, you know, this is kind of a, a weekly special that we'll start doing. But, uh, um, you know, really the, the idea here is um, which rookie QB is going to throw the most interceptions. And the name of the game is which rookie QB is really going to get his sheets the dirtiest. We talked about it. Uh, we asked, hey, who is are Brady and Stafford, which one's throwing a clean sheet? Um, we knew Brady was getting his sheets dirty uh, in L.A. And so – I think it's only fair that we bet on which rookie QB will get his sheets the dirtiest in week four. Uh, I've actually set some lines here. Uh, I think Justin Fields at, at 125, uh, Trevor Lawrence at 125 as well. Zach Wilson, the favorite at plus 110, uh, and Mac Jones, uh, kind of the, the the dog here at plus 150. Um, so who, who do you like? Which rookie QB is getting his sheets dirty this week? This is a tough one. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I just don't trust that uh, Cincy defense. Bates is out too, so uh, I'm crossing him off. He, he Lawrence is going to have a cleaner sheet this week. Um, <laughs> Mac Jones, tough matchup against uh, against Tampa. That defense is uh, just getting better. Just added Richard Sherman. Who knows how that's going to fare out, but he's in the running. I'm not quite sure that Justin Fields is even going to get the start. He was so bad last week. Um, and then Zach Wilson, who, in my opinion, has been the worst of those four so far. Uh, he's playing that that sorry Atlanta defense. So uh, he may be a little bit better. I think I'm landing on Mac Jones this week. He's been the best of these quarterbacks so far. Um, but I think week four is going to be a rough one for him. I think Mac Jones throws a couple picks, shows some of his flaws against a really good Tampa Bay defense. Um, dirty sheet for Mac Jones coming up in week four. Oh, God. Uh, feel bad for him. Uh, that's probably likely, though, against a, a good Tampa defense. Their secondary is, is beat up, but um, they still got a pass rush, and I think that could affect Jones. As we know, he's not the most mobile guy in the world. Um, so you like Jones getting his sheets all dirty in, in, in week four. I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Um, I'm going with Trevor Lawrence on Thursday night. Uh, even though I like I like this Jags team to find a way to cover, I think I'll have an up and down game. I like him to toss a pair, um, which would make his sheets pretty pretty damn filthy. Um, so yeah, they'll probably have to be discarded after this one, but uh, that's what I think. Yeah, we'll see what happens on Thursday night, but that's gonna do it for the NFL portion of this podcast, man. Now it's time to get into this heavyweight battle. The, the most anticipated trivia matchup, not only in point of Drew history, but in the history of the podcasting universe. We'll be, we'll be to it after this short break. Okay, Point of Drew, big episode ahead. Uh, it's very exciting. Third, Our third ever trivia episode. Um, big matchup today, one we've all been waiting for. The listeners have been begging for it. The Druthers, uh, this one's really backed by popular demand. Uh, two heavyweight hitters 
uh, coming up to the plate today in, in a matchup of trivia. We got in one corner, uh, Jordan, Bubby Boy, Sievert. Uh, and then the next, Mark, every woman's fantasy, Epstein. Yo, yo, I actually need to correct you there, Barton. I'm not every woman's fantasy. I'm I'm every person's fantasy. <laughs> okay, I think I think you wanted to include the uh, the males in that as well. So you heard it here, Epstein, every person's fantasy, and Jordan, Bobby Boy, Sievert. Um, thanks for joining, guys. I'm excited. You, uh, Sievert, any any thoughts on the matchup today? Honestly, couldn't be less concerned with my opponent. I looked over at his phone. He's googling common trivia questions looking up the <laughs> S&P 500 for god knows what reason i mean <laughs> so so scared it's clear a lot of confidence coming from that corner epstein your response first off let me let me set the scene for the viewers here for the druthers as a, as as what they're commonly known as the background here is i live with the host here barton two-time trivia winner will moss and sus boy Steve here for years i was always put down for not reading espn every second of the day Sorry, I have other interests other than watching men sweat. <laughs> Today is the day I get my vengeance and prove to them that I know just as much about sports as they do. And to be honest, I have some reasons why I'll beat Sievert. And um, I think they, they make a lot of logical sense. For one, it really starts at his birth. The guy was just born too big. He's naturally too big and never really had to understand how to play sports growing up, whereas I was more of a cerebral player, really had to understand the sports I was playing. Siebert never really had to do that. And on top of that, he was a top re recruit growing up, so he wasn't paying attention to the other recruits, whereas I was researching these guys all the time. Those top recruits when we were growing up are now the current, are now the current pros. Another reason, this is a huge one, and I know this for a fact, him and his brothers would just play, would just press play now on Madden and 2K, whereas my friends would do fantasy drafts every single night. This allowed us to actually strategize and learn about players, where they went to college, play style, who fits together. The last reason, and this is just how I absolutely know I'm going to crush him, he thinks LaSus James is the GOAT of basketball. Anyone, and I mean anyone who takes LaSus James over MJ, Knows nothing about sports, period. Rest my case. Okay, you heard it. Epstein with a, a lot of good points there. Um, you can tell this is really a prove-it moment for him. This one means a lot. And so, uh, Z, do you want to take the uh, the listeners through how we're going to run this again? Yeah, I'm not sure uh, if any of those were good points, but points for sure. So we'll, we'll see. But let me explain how the, uh, the points actually work in this game. Trivia, it's set up. We'll go back and forth. Each person takes one question, has a chance to answer it. If they get that question correct, they get awarded two points. However, if they answer incorrect or don't get an answer in in 30 seconds, the other person has a chance to steal that question worth one point. We have 15 total questions broken out by category. So there are four NBA questions. We have four NFL questions three college sports questions, three business questions, and one question coming from the miscellaneous category. Um, the, the players, the contestants here, Sus Boy and Fantasy Man, both get their, uh, their choice of uh, category, and then we'll go back and forth. Uh, to decide who is picking first, we got a live rock, paper, scissors matchup coming right here. So let's battle it out right now. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh! All right, Bubby boy, he takes it. Jordan Sievert will begin here. Sievert, take your pick in category. Where do you want to start? Let's start uh, college sports. All right, he's going to go with college sports on. Why don't you read off the first question? All right, the first question coming from the college sports category. Name one of the two college football programs who have had the most players get drafted to the NFL. Just name one of the two schools. So this is, is this all time? All time. Only need one. You just need one of the two, two schools with the two most. I think I'm going to go with Ohio State. Oh, Ohio State, that is incorrect. 
not right. We've got a chance to steal now for Ep- Epstein. Name one of the two college football programs who've had the most players get drafted in the NFL. So here's my thought process here. You have, you know, in my hometown where my sister, you know, went, played tennis. One of my good friends, Trent Harris, played football. The NFL Factory, University of Miami. That was also a more recent day. You've got University of Alabama, these historic also college football programs to choose from. It's a really, really tough question for all time. But it's tough for me to not go with the NFL Factory, University of Miami. University of Miami, also incorrect. No one gets the points. The answers are Notre Dame and USC. Notre Dame has 520 all-time players get drafted. USC with 519. No points. Have the rest of the list on through five. Uh, No, I don't have it in front of me. I just have the top two. Well, cool. Well, no, no points after the first question. We, We do appreciate the glimpse in your thought process there, though, Epstein. Um, no half points, but that could have earned one. Uh, we'll throw it over to you. What category do you want to go with next? Um, I'll go with uh, business. Business? Great. I'll kick this one off. These uh, are primarily the business questions. Uh, we know you guys are big, big business guys. That's why I wanted to include this category. Right. Um, they're all market share driven. Uh, so the first one, which seltzer brand holds the largest market share in the U.S.? So um, the one I wish it was my boy's brand. Uh, shout out to Chuck Nettlefold. Chuck, shout out to Chuck Nettlefold and his brand Pure Bay Seltzer. But no, it's it's not that. It's um, it's hard to go in between Bud Light Seltzer and I'm gonna go with White Claw. Final answer. Final answer. White Claw is correct. Let's go. That's a two pointer for Epstein. Oh. Epstein, you got to take advantage on these non-sports questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think, Z. That's what you think. All right, well, you're up 2-0 now. Back to Sievert. Sievert, what category are you going with? Let's go miscellaneous. All right, there's just one miscellaneous question. Which Drake album has the most sales all time? Wow, That's tough. Who's the biggest Drake fan out of you guys? Epstein here is definitely the biggest Drake fan. He's also every woman and man. This is also true. All those things are true. I think my first and my initial thought was take care. But I think as Drake has gotten bigger, that would no longer be the the choice. This is hard. I'm going to go with take care. Final answer? Final answer. That is correct. Tied it up. 2-2, take care. The most sales of any Drake album. We got a tie ball game now. Back to uh, back to App here. And also, shout out Drake. It's also, I think, either the 8 or 10-year anniversary of Nothing Was the Same today. So yeah, shout- 8 years. 2013. There we go. All right, so my turn. Back to you, Epstein. What category? Um, I think I'm going to stick with the hot streak. I'm going business. There he goes. <laughs> Sports heavily here. He's going to have to go that way at some point. But second business question. It's another market share one. Which streaming service holds the largest market share? So obviously here you've got two real players. You've got Spotify or Apple. Streaming is in. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, I think you really only have one that really stands out going with Netflix. Final answer. Netflix is correct. I think I, I think we need to clarify here because technically it might be Apple, their streaming platform, correct? Way bigger market share than Netflix. It, he, he means this specific platform within Apple, not like the whole company. Just just food for thought, clarification on the good. Let's move on. It, it's I think, correct. I think if we good, think uh, that, hey, you called me on a technicality. That's that's on the uh, the, the question, people. That's on me and Z. We'll take that one back. He's and, and sweating, sure. guys. Seaver is. <laughs> Sweating live. I'm, I'm here with him live. He's sweating. Final decision is we're giving Epstein two points. <laughs> well, that's Epstein. Epstein on the board with four. That's correct. Sievert with two. Uh, we're going to throw it back to you, Sievert. We'll go back to – we'll go to NFL. NFL? All right, Zon, take us away. All right. Um, NFL. 
The Los Angeles Rams were previously located in St. Louis, but they didn't start their franchise there. What city were the now Los Angeles Rams currently from? First thought is Minnesota for some reason. But I also for, I also think of Andy Reid uh, pass, punt, and kick. I feel like that was with a Rams affiliate back in the day. Might be wrong there. I shout think, out Andy, though. Yeah, shout out Andy. I think I think that was an affiliate. Um, I'm gonna go Minnesota. So, first off, I was looking for a city. <laughs> so we'll just call that incorrect. <laughs> All right, Minnesota is incorrect. We'll throw we'll throw it over. Over to Epstein, a chance to steal here for a point. See, this is this is some some the type of question I would have. No idea, but because he said Minnesota, I'm gonna say Minneapolis. Final answer? Yeah, that's incorrect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no no points there. The correct answer is Cleveland. They were uh, originally the Cleveland Rams, then went to uh, St. Louis, now in Los Angeles. Yep. So no points there. Uh, the tally is still Epstein four, Sievert two. We'll throw it back to you, Mark. Um, I'm going to go with business. Okay, another, another business one. Okay. Another market share question. Which diaper brand holds the largest market share? Oh, Sievert's going to get this one if I don't get it. <laughs> Oh, oh, I got it. I know it. It's got to be Pampers. Sievert knows the brand very well. That is correct. That's right. But for real, how, how do you know that? Why do you know that? <laughs> I know because I've roomed with Sievert for years. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, a good, well, good answer there. He's really raking in the business questions. That puts him up to six to two. The lead is growing here. Um, We'll throw it over to Seaver. What category? Um, we'll go back to NFL. All right, back to NFL. What player led uh, led the NFL in fantasy points last season, 2020? What player led the NFL in fantasy points? Just last season. Just last season. Mm-hmm. I want to say Patrick Mahomes. But I feel like the the quarterback position is not who you want to take. I think two years ago it definitely would have been Lamar. Um, no running backs really stick out as far as fantasy. You know, there a lot of them were banged up. That's who you'd usually go with. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. Chance for Epstein to steal here. See, I I, I mean, I I think it was la- the thing is I am like. I'm in this time warp since Corona started. And I think it was last season when Derrick Henry started going ham um, in, the, in the back part of the season. But <laughs> that might have been two years ago, honestly. Um, Blame it on COVID, sure. Yeah. And now I'm thinking Derrick Henry's not correct. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry, final answer. Also incorrect. The the, uh, the right answer there. Bills quarterback Josh Allen led all NFL players in fantasy points. Yep. So no points there. Well, oh, our boy. Back. Sorry, our, I just want to interrupt real quick. Our boy Jalen. Yeah. Exactly, Jalen. Jalen, obviously a fan of Point of Drew. So shout out Jalen. Shout out Palin also. Shout, yeah. Shout out Parker Allen. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. I know he's in Austin. He's Austin. he's recovering. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I hope he gets well soon. Back back to Epstein here. Ep, no more business questions left for you. You got to go sports. <laughs> okay, I'm going NBA, obviously. Seaver thinks he's a, a subject expert. We'll see. All right. Barton, take this one away. Okay. What legendary NBA player worked part-time at Circuit City during his rookie season said he could get the employee discount and become the plug for electronics in Chicago. Oh, see, this is a t- This is like, okay. Yeah. This is something Kawhi Leonard would do, but Kawhi Leonard was too good for that. Also not on the Clippers or Bulls. Uh, it was in Chicago. Oh, 
Thanks for that, Siebert. Give me a hint. I wasn't you. even listening. Oh, um, you know what? I don't even know. Um, Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson. That's a good answer. It is incorrect. Throw it to you, Siebert. So if it's a rookie, it's got to be – it's rookie correct? During- uh, the player was a rookie when he did this. This is not an active player. So it's got to be someone that was drafted by the Bulls. Um, Kirk Heinrich seems to fit the bill for sure. <laughs> um, I want to say Kirk Heinrich, maybe Joakim Noah. I couldn't see him working at Circuit City, though. Scalabrini, was he drafted there? Let's go Kirk Heinrich, final answer. Kirk Heinrich is unfortunately incorrect. The correct answer is Ron Artest. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Well, circuit, wouldn't have guessed that. Past Circuit City employee Ron Artest. He, uh, he was the plug, though, for the electronics during his time in Chicago. Yeah, the, the Bulls and Jerry Krause found out and made him quit. But uh, he uh, wanted to be the plug, man. I, I respect the hustle. Quite literally, the plug for plugs. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. All right, we're throwing it back to Siebert now. Score is still 6-2 Epstein out front. College sports. College sports. All right. All right, we got got an SMU question coming in here. SMU legend Eric Dickerson was originally committed to what school prior to switching his commitment to SMU? Final answer. Immediately, you got it right. Good answer there. That was quick. Sievert, two points on the board there. So now it's 6-4. Epstein's still ahead. Good stuff. Hey, this one's heating up. We got a tight matchup. We're about halfway through the questions. Throw back to Epstein. What category? Does Sievert have four? Damn. Are you not worried? I'm going with NBA. NBA. Okay. We'll give you a magic one here. What player led the Magic in scoring during their 2009 NBA Finals Series versus the Lakers? Yeah. So, obviously, the first thing you think is Dwight Howard. But, obviously, I think that that is too obvious of an answer. Then you got Jameer Nelson, who was in the high teens. You've got Hito Turkoglu, and you've got Richard Lewis are the four options there. Um, Richard Lewis seemed to be the main scorer. Hito Turklu more of a facilitator. I'm going to go with Richard Lewis, final answer. Richard Lewis, final answer. I love the, love the glimpse into the thought process there. Unfortunately, Richard Lewis is incorrect. Wow. Let's see if Steve gets this My one. thoughts are Richard Lewis, if I remember correctly, the playoffs leading up there, he might have been the man, but I don't remember him being the man in the finals. I think I'm going to go with Hito Turklu here. Final answer. Final answer. Hito Turklu is correct. Great. That's our first steal of uh, the match here. Hito Turklu, 18 points per game in that final series against the Lakers. Unfortunately, the Magic uh, didn't, didn't handle that one too well. Went down uh, 4-1. I, I, hate, I hate to see Epstein miss the Magic question. Just, I hate. That's brutal. I'm, scoreboard. I what WTL is going to be thinking about that. Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Epstein says scoreboard. Hey, he's got a point. It is 6-5. He's still clinging to the lead here. We'll throw it back to Siebert. Let's go. Uh, we got one more NBA, correct? Or did Epstein use them? Two, two more NBA. Let's go NBA. All right. Um, NBA question here. Who is the new president of the NBA's Players Association? Previously, Michelle Roberts, I want to say. So it's, uh, she, she was the uh, executive director. The president is an active player. Oh, and it was previously Chris Paul. Yeah, I was going to say it's previously CP3, NBA Players Association. Um, who would it be? Are they an active player? Do we know that? Yeah. Active player? Not LeBron. I'm trying to think of all the best players. Not LeBron, not KD, definitely not Kyrie, not Harden. Who's a seasoned vet player that would be? Not Kawhi, not Paul George, not Giannis. We might have to bring the uh, the clock into play here. Yeah, how much time do I have? We got 14 seconds. All right. 
Um, ten. I have not, not, no clue really. I'm gonna go LeBron. I know that's not right. LeBron James is incorrect. We got a chance to steal here. Epstein, who is the new president of the NBA's Players Association? I remember seeing this. I know my answer is incorrect, but I, I, if I say it, and I've got to say Kyrie Irving. I know it's not. It, who is it? The answer is C.J. McCollum. Kyrie, uh, he was previously a, a VP on the Players Association. I don't know if he's still on the board, but C.J. McCollum is the new Players Association president. That was a good question. No points there. Like my Michelle Roberts poll. Yeah, that was a good poll. It would have been impressive if you knew uh, the the new guy who's taking Michelle's place. Uh, who is that? I don't know his name. He he was uh, a Deloitte attorney. Uh, big four, good for him. Uh, anyway, moving on. We'll throw it back to Epstein. It's it's still six to five. We're running out of questions here, so uh, you got to make them count. What category? One more NBA. One more NBA. Okay. Final NBA question. Luka Doncic is the fifth NBA player ever to score 40-plus and hit a buzzer beater in the same playoff game. Who are the other four? Hint, three are active, one is not. Score 40 and hit a buzzer beater. To win a playoff game. Same game. Damian Lillard. So there's three. I have to name three people. Four. Four. four people. Three are active, though. Damian Lillard. Michael Jordan is the non-active. Damian Lillard is one of the actives. Uh, I guess I, I'm trying to think of buzzer beaters that happened. It's obviously not like Ray Allen, right? Like, I think, I mean, I, I guess you, I just it would go with LeBron and KD. Those are, that's my answers. So you have I don't think KD's ever MJ. Dame, LeBron, and KD. Yes. You have three of the four correct. It's MJ, LeBron, Dame. I, KD, I don't think, ever has. LeBron against the Magic. Oh, I know who it is now. Dame against the Thunder. MJ probably did it. Well, I think against the Cavs. The Cavs, I think it would, would have been a 40-plus. Um, so another active player. I'm trying to think. Who's a 40-point scorer? Not Jokic, Paul George ever. Oh, did Kawhi have 40 against the Sixers is the question. I think I'm going to go Kawhi Leonard. All right, so name your four. Uh, MJ, Dame, LeBron, Kawhi. Roll, that, roll. Wow. Ties it up at six. We've got, got it. No, yep, tied it up. Another point on the board. We got a tie ball game now. 6-6. Six, six. Sievert's fighting back on the steals. Cool. And hey, just a little recap. We're done with NBA. Uh, we have two NFL left. We have one college football left. Uh, college sports, not – Yeah, sorry. One college sports and then two, two NFL, and then we're done. Three, Three. questions. It's tied six up, right? Tied six yep. up. Let's go with uh, college sports. All right, Barton, you can take this question. Got it. SMU hoops, all of our alma maters except for Z. Kind of, though. <laughs> SMU hoops two NCAA tournament appearances from 2014 to 2018, losing the first round twice. What schools did UCLA, they lose? UCLA, USC. That's correct. Final answer. Woo. Damn. Easy one. I mean, you gave FC. He's getting so lucky. I built the foundation for the last question. You said one guy, Kawhi Leonard. Congrats. I forgot that buzzer. Beat. I just want Epstein and like, let's comment. Epstein guessed Netflix as the biggest streaming service, which <laughs> technically not right. And White Claw as the biggest seltzer. I mean, those are the, t- like, anyone can answer those questions. That's the only thing that's keeping him I have three questions right, bud. Hey. You got Pampers. <laughs> Pampers. Pampers was a good poll. I'll admit that. I had no clue on that one. Oh, the other two on. were happy. He's saying that's the one that's the one you would know. You definitely did not know the other two. Frankly, I was thinking Huggies. Okay, okay. Order in the court, fellas. Order in the court. We got two questions to go. Sievert is just taking the lead. It's eight to six. We're going to throw it over to you, Epstein. There's two questions remaining. They're both in the NFL category. Uh, Then I think I'm probably going to roll with – I'll go with NFL. 
<laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Don, take it away. All right. Another one. Back to the alma mater. Back to the ponies. Name the four active SMU wide receivers in the NFL right now. I got this. Cortland. Yep. James Prochet. You don't have to say yep. I got him. Cortland, James Prochet, uh, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. Correct. Nailed it. Oh, baby. They did not think I was going to get that one. Let's go. Nailed it. This is what it comes down to. We've got one question left. This is a big one. Sievert, there's only one left. It's an NFL question. If you don't get this right, F has a chance to steal it, take the upset. This is big. Barton, give us the final question. Okay. During the 2020 NFL season, last season, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, go Chiefs, put up more yards than any other pass-catching duo. What duo had the next most yards? So I'm thinking you got to go to QB first. Josh Allen, I, which is Stephon Diggs, but I don't know if they have a clear number two that would have the yardage. Uh, nobody bucks, Rams, no. Who are other QBs? Rodgers. I don't think Devontae Adams has a second guy that would be up there. Um, who else is there? Nobody in the AFC North now, AFC East. Are you, are you saying no. – actually, no. Are you saying just for last season or all time? Just for last season. 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 AFC West, I don't think so. Hate to do it, Bazan. You might have to start the clock. Yeah, 14 seconds. Mm. I'm going to go with uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, Saints. Final answer. Final answer. That is incorrect. Sorry, right? So pass catching duo. So keep in mind, Travis Kelsey is a tight end. So it does not necessarily have to be a receiver, but yes, a duo on a team with the most receiving. I think I have it. Okay. Gronk and Mike Evans. Not even close. Really? Talk now. Excuse my life. Is that your final answer? That's not even top. No, actually, no, it's not my final (laughs) answer. I'm glad you didn't have to say that. You said submitted? No, I didn't say final answer. I'm going with Adams. Who's it? Devontae <laughs> Adams <laughs> and Lazard. <laughs> final answer. Yeah, it's my final answer, bro. <laughs> he had a chance to win it, and he tries to make a joke. <laughs> okay. I think we got to keep going with this question to see who gets it first. Unless. Unless you have another uh, plan. No, no, this no, thing ends in a throwing, tie. Throwing this one out, we're gonna have it. We're gonna have some overtime here. Okay. But okay. just so you guys know, the second place duo in receiving yards behind Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey was Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. Stephon Diggs was a big think part Beasley of that. Was gonna have enough. Third. That's place, a rat question. Third place, closely behind, which neither of you guys mentioned. Uh, rookie, rookie Justin, Justin and Jefferson Thielen. and Thielen were in third there. Um, so a little bit of a miss, but hey, we're still tied. And what, what are we tied? Eight apiece. Yeah, eight apiece. That's, right. that's right. Eight apiece. All right, Z. You have a final question, or we need to? Take yeah, some- I've got a. I've got a question, and the answer was given in the last point of Drew episode. So we'll see if uh, these boys were actually listening. But it happened in Jersey Corner number forty-one last week. This trivia came up. Who are the two NBA players who have won MVP in their rookie season? Sorry, can you say it one more time? Sorry. Who are the two NBA players who have won MVP in their rookie season? Rookie season? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, Name one of the two. Oh, don't have to name two. You need to name one of the two. It's got to be no one recent. I'll go with MVP in the rookie season. Yep. I'll go with Wilt Chamberlain. Final answer. Wilt Chamberlain is correct. Let's go! Let's go! 
all the all the haters, everything, all those years of living with these guys putting me down, it's over. It's all over. I know more about sports than all of them. I finished better in fantasy than Barton Moss every year. I just crushed Siebert in trivia. It's over. I know the most about sports. It's me, baby. And I'm calling out my next victim, Kevin Manchester. I want you on the show, and I'm going to crush you. And same with you, Will Moss. You're done. Wow. Wow. Oh performance Epstein comes from I guess he he had the lead holds the lead wins it in a walk-off fashion there gets Wilt oh man uh what a prove-it moment for him clearly deep-seated in terms of what this meant to him (laughs) emotions are really spilling over at this point let's ride baby calling out past champion Will Moss calling out past guest Kevin Manchester uh a lot going on here Epstein uh, I know you just gave us quite a spiel there for your win, but any final words? Yeah, it feels amazing. And honestly, I just want to thank all those years living with you guys, living with Siebert. That's the only reason why I knew the Pampers question. And that's why I won this. That's why I won this game. Let's ride, baby. Wow. Siebert, tough L. Uh, I'm going to let it sink in for a second, but in, any, any words of defeat here? No, a lesser man would, would say that Epstein kind of, got some pretty easy business questions that bolstered his case, which in fact, kid does knows, does no business. Savage banker, Chuck Landon's banking little, in fact. So like wow. an absolute alts? loss, all, not personally, but easily sicker than alts. Like, okay, that's not sick. Um, <laughs> so obviously he was going to get the business question, right? So I just think we need to clarify that he did win the trivia. There was some business involved in this, which is like I said, his strong suit, savage banker. I'd like to have a rematch that's sports only, and we'll see how that goes. Okay. That is fair. Seaver did not know there was going to be a business component included in this round of trivia. Um, I still think, hey, you know, you're, you're not a, a slouch in business either. You had your chances. Epstein was really going for those. You scooped them up before you could get there. Um, but, hey, this one's in the books. Another, It's round three of trivia on the Point of Drew podcast. Epstein, first-time winner. He called out the two-time winner, Will Moss, so I think that matchup is looming here uh, maybe in the next few weeks. Yeah, we definitely may have to get to that soon. That'll be a a battle of the heavyweights. Both of them have easily taken out lesser competition. Uh, Seaver didn't pose much of a match here today. Epstein was the the winner from the jump, Uh, but now we may have to set up the match against uh, Will Moss, the two-time champ here. So that'll wrap it up, number three. Trivia on the Point of Drew podcast. It's a wrap, man. Mark Epstein, the victor. Before we go, one last note from uh, – One from last Steven. note. I think if you if you look at the results, I, I still answered more questions correctly than Epstein. I Just due to the one-pointers on the – All right, bro. Just, All right. just want that on the record as well. All right, yeah. See you later, dude. All right, Barton, man, what a, a trivia matchup right there. Unexpected winner, man. People are gonna, people who are betting Epstein definitely leaving this one with uh, some winnings. Yeah, a true shocker. Massive upset in this one. Um, you could really tell Epstein wanted that uh, from the very core of his being. Uh, you know, he had some, <laughs> he had been bullied for years about not knowing sports, and that you know all came to a head in this matchup against Hebert, and uh, he was able to come out victorious. So props to Epstein. Uh, those hours of prep that he put in, I know, paid off, and uh, it's just good to see him finally back in the uh, on the winning side. Definitely, and man, just another good episode of the podcast. Week uh, week three of NFL is in the books. We got week four coming up. We got some picks we've made and killed it with that trivia episode. So that's going to wrap it. Appreciate everyone tuning in, rocking with us, listening. Uh, We will be back. Yeah, we'll be back next week to break it all down. Uh, Thank you as always, Truthers. See you next time. Peace.